We'd like to welcome you back to our current event and weekly Bible study for February 23rd, 2014. This is part two, and uh, the next report is entitled, You Have Been Targeted for Internment and Resettlement. And again, that's why I kind of read the uh, those Bible verses at the end of the last study. Uh, these types of reports... If you just take them at face value, particularly if you're not saved, if you're not a Christian, you know, all they're going to do is overwhelm you, you know, and, but I think it's also very important to be educated about this stuff and to not bury our, bury our heads in the sands and, you know, the, the Bible talks about the men of Ishakar were men that were understanding of the times that they lived in and they were commended for that. And the prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished, as the Bible says. So, <clears throat> we're looking at, you know, the, the devices of Satan, and, and we're not to be ignorant of them, as the Bible commands us in Corinthians. So, <clears throat> this is from Dave Hodges, and uh, it starts out, this is not just another FEMA camp article, which can be easily debunked. The article deals with the fact, and I don't really think a lot of these FEMA camp articles can be easily debunked. There are there are hundreds of these camps out there that have been people have went to, filmed. You know, they're empty. The barbed wire's facing in, and they're just waiting. <clears throat> I believe uh, over eight hundred at this point in America alone. Um, this article deals with the fact that a recent government manual. Uh, leaked to the public details the plans for mass arresting dissident Americans and stripping them of their citizenship, as so to be able to violate the Constitution and the Geneva Convention for the treatment of prisoners. See, they're going to want to say that they did this all legal-like. And this is how they're going to do it. I, I, I wasn't aware of this information. I mean, I was aware of some of it, but I wasn't aware of how they're going to modify the Geneva Convention. Uh, really draconian stuff we're looking at today. Evil. The previously mentioned document, which has been leaked online, is entitled FM 3-39.40 Interment and Resettlement Operations. There's a link here to the actual PDF um, um, online, so you can see it for yourself. No, it's, this isn't being made up. The document was originally to be kept secret, but everyone in the military command structure is not on board with the encroaching tyranny sweeping across the country. And again, they're the ones that are being purged, <clears throat> for the reasons we talked about in the uh, previous study. There are two terms which, concert, which should concern you, namely internment and resettlement. As if this needs any further elaboration, the two terms simply mean that you could be snatched from your home, sent to a detention camp for an undetermined period of time, and treated in a manner which will not be defined by any law. There exists solid evidence that illegitimate government hijacked by the banksters, now there's gonna be, we're going to talk more about that later, uh, possesses a detailed plan to mass arrest Americans, and it has been moved from the pages of government documents, and that is exactly what is being practiced by the authorities on American soil. Jesse Hathaway wrote for Media Trackers, in which he said that a recent Ohio State National Guard exercise <clears throat> quote, reveals the details of a mock disaster where Second Amendment supporters with anti-government opinions were portrayed as domestic terrorists. 
that's who they're, they're, they're preparing for. They're not preparing for the, um, the, the mass gangs that are in, in, you know, in the inner cities and the, in the cities that are, you know, they're not planning for all the Muslims, the terrorists that have poured into our borders for decades and are, are waiting in their Muslim Islamic terror sleeper cells just waiting to get the green light. No, they're, they're preparing for Second Amendment, pro-life, pro-constitution Christians, for the most part. That's who they're training for. That's the real enemy. Hathaway's article went on to say that the Ohio National Guard Communications Director, Jason Sims II, told the website that it was, quote, not relevant as to why conservatives may feel targeted by being portrayed as anti-government extremists. So in other words, you know, this was the way they did the exercise, this Ohio National Guard, where the Second Amendment anti-government type were being targeted. And when asked about it, the guy that was the director of it all said it's not relevant. Oh, that's a great answer. That's, I mean, you don't, need, you don't need him to say anything. You know, actions speak louder than words. Obviously, what they were doing <laughs> sufficiently telegraphs that, you know, that's who they're preparing for. Without one word spoken by him. And he has the audacity to say it's not relevant. I bet it, he would feel it was relevant if they were targeting him. But we don't deserve that consideration if, if you're a, a Second Amendment, um, you know, anti, anti-New World Order crowd. Regardless of what race you are, you don't deserve that consideration. You're, you're irrelevant. This is what, essentially what he's saying. You're, you're such scum that you don't deserve an answer, is what he's basically saying in so many words. And then he goes on to say, he says, okay, I'm going to stop you there. I'm going to quit this conversation. That was his next response. Of course, he doesn't want to be held accountable for anything. He has his marching orders. He's a good new world order lackey stooge. And he's going to take orders, and, and he's going to serve Satan and ultimately burn in the lake of fire. Unless he gets saved. That's really the bottom line. I hope he gets saved. But these people that are willing to throw law-abiding citizens under the bus now when times are good, I don't think there's a whole lot of chance for them to get saved. They're going to line up and beg for the mark of the beast. Now I know that with God all things are possible. I'm not praying he goes to hell. I'm just saying the majority of them are going to go the way of Satan. Narrow is the way which leadeth to life eternal, and few there be that find it. Broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be that go thereat. <clears throat> it goes on to say, then there's a fake $96 million Northern Virginia mock city which is being used to train the military to enforce martial law. Of course, the government says that this is a foreign town being used to train used to uh, train used to train in the occupation of foreign towns. I'm sorry, they had that worded wrong. If this is true, then someone needs to explain why the town has a like an American Christian church, handicapped parking spots, Washington DC subway logo logos, loading zone signs, and road signs all in English. 
This mock town that they've built. We're going to learn more about this in a second. A picture is worth a thousand words, as you will see in the following video. Now, I'm going to go ahead and click on this. And we're going to, now, I provide you the link. You can, if you're um, listening and you're on your computer or whatever media device you might have, um, you can actually um, watch the video because then they actually show you the town. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and play this video. It's only about five minutes long, and, and uh, we'll learn more about this. The Army is very proud of the new American city they've built to practice martial law. The government really can do something quickly. They built this 300-acre city in just two years. Compare that to how long they take in your city just to build a road. But then they did have $96 million of your tax money to play with. To transition from an army of ex- Now this is Colonel John P. Petkozik? Petkozik? He is the commander. And he's speaking. $96 million uh, of our taxpayer money to build this 300 acre. I mean, it looks like a real city. It's not like cardboard cutouts here. These are real buildings. I mean, that are look like they would be every bit as functional as any other city. Doing what we've got to do to an army of preparation to be ready uh, for what comes next. This is a place uh, where we can be creative and you can come up with solutions for problems that we don't even know we have yet. The public may not know the problem yet because they haven't yet executed the false flag event that they'll use to openly activate martial law, but the military has been creating scenarios where they can justify a move against small-town America for quite some time. And they've made it clear that their enemy is gun owners, veterans, those who want a small, limited government, and Christians. The UK Telegraph reported that the town was complete with a subway, railroad, football field, and mosque. Mosque? That's not a mosque. So they're showing the the Christian church that they've got in the city, that they built. I mean, it's it's nice looking. I mean, it's like, it's got like two kinds of stonework on the outside. It's got these concrete steps leading up to the, I mean, it's really nice. It's got like a, almost like a stained glass thing in the middle. And they spent a lot of money on this. They're saying a mosque? No. They're going to leave the mosques alone. They're going to leave evil alone in these types of scenarios. They're going to encourage that. They're going to come after the law-abiding citizens. That's who they want. They want that, typically that um, mostly middle-class, law-abiding, you know, pro-Second Amendment, pro-Constitution, Christian, pro-life, veterans, these types of people. That's who they want to, that's who they're training for. And that's who are being demonized in the media and um, in the um, military and armed forces and in local police, that's those groups are being demonized, uh, so that it will be easy to get their easier to get their their uh, people to go against them. Obviously, not all are, but that's what they're accomp- trying to accomplish. It's a small town Christian church with a steeple and Gothic windows. Mosques have minarets, rounded arches, etc. It's not that they've kept the current military's attitude toward Christians a secret, either. It was the U.S. Army that conflated the Ku Klux Klan with mainstream Christian groups like the American Family Association or the Family Research Council, 
calling these mainstream evangelical groups hate groups. In just the last year, an official Army email and briefings of both Fort Hood, Texas and Camp Shelby, Mississippi, attacked Christian groups and said they don't share Army values. Most recently, we've seen a FOIA request that showed last year's training scenario in Ohio identified gun owners and people who believe in limited government as the enemy. And then there's retired Colonel Kevin Benson, currently teaching at Fort Leavenworth, who spelled it out clearly in his vision of the future. When the leaders of the group hold a press conference to announce their goals, they invoke the Declaration of Independence, and they argue that the current form of the federal government is not deriving its just powers from the consent of the governed, but is actually destructive to these ends. Therefore, they say that people can alter or abolish the existing government and replace it with another. And while mainstream politicians and citizens react with alarm, right, with alarm to the words of the Declaration of Independence, the Tea Party insurrectionists in South Carolina enjoy a groundswell of support from other Tea Party groups, militias, racist organizations like the Ku Klux Klan. And as we've shown you many times in the past, U.S. military documents describing CONUS operations, that's the continental United States, where rules regarding the use of deadly force in confronting dissidents are made disturbingly clear with the directive that a warning shot will not be fired. Or this document that talks about policies that would be applied within U.S. territory with the internment, resettlement, indoctrination, and re-education of... Now, this is the document that uh, Dave Hodges, this is the document that the article I'm reading from is quoting from, that internment resettlement um, guide, the specific part there that we're talking about today. Political dissidents using their social security number. Clearly, it's not for foreign operations. And finally, I think it's significant how detailed these buildings are. They could easily train for foreign urban warfare using concrete shells of buildings, which are cheaper, and that's what they've done in the past. But here they have a completely intact American town, down to the Washington, D.C. subway logos, and a small church building. Looks like they're training for a different kind of conflict. President James Madison wrote, the means of defense against foreign danger have always been the instruments of tyranny at home. But as Alex Jones pointed out in his documentary, 9-11, The Road to Tyranny, way back in 2001, FEMA was telling firefighters and other emergency personnel in Kansas that the founding fathers were terrorists. That very difficult, when people are passionate about what they believe in, they become a very difficult enemy to be. Who was the first terrorist organization in the United States? So this guy just said, who was the first terrorist organization in the United States? This is a, a uh, they caught this on camera, uh, one of these governmental brain brainwashing workshops of the military. Who? Founding Fathers. Founding Fathers. You mean Thomas Jefferson? Oh, yeah. You mean... Uh... So the Founding Fathers were the first domestic terrorists in America. That That's how they're trying to, I think how they're trying to justify coming after veterans... Uh, after um, the Christians, the pro-Second Amendment, pro-life, or, you know, these types of things, this is how they're going to justify it. By going back and saying, listen, the, the Founding Fathers, they, they should have been evidently put down in, in um, th- these types of um, crazy uh, things that they're teaching these people. George Washington, oh, yeah. 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 these guys right here, let me ask you something. Did they try to scare people? Yeah. They try to intimidate the British. Do they try to, do they use acts of violence? 
they tried to they tried to scare people. They tried to intimidate the British. That's really great justification for calling them them terrorists. Your founding fathers, my founding fathers, were involved in acts of terrorism. Posse comitatus, Constitution. What a devil! That's just yesterday's red tape. Anyway, that's that's the type of brainwashing that's going on in the military. You know, that and a whole lot more that we, we're not even, I'm sure, aware of. So, going further with this report, in the words of the government, straight from the internment resettlement document, uh, and it gives the whole long where it's at but uh, in here, I won't read the whole thing, but it, it states the following. <clears throat> internment resettlement operations, or IR operations, may place soldiers in continuous contact with or near insurgents, terrorists, or criminals who will exploit every opportunity to escape in or kill or injure U.S. personnel or multinational partners. So that's how we would be referred to as insurgents, terrorists, or criminals. And they're saying that we will exploit every opportunity to escape and kill or injure U.S. personnel and multinational partners. This is Russian troops. This is Chinese troops. These are troops from other countries. This is the UN. Is who they're in reference to. When I've talked, I mean, a ton about these foreign troops on our soils in recent studies. And here we get more total blatant confirmation where they're openly admitting to it in their own manuals. It goes on to say, whether you believe there are Russian troops training on our soil along with other UN peacekeeping troops is irrelevant. Uh, Argument at this point. The above excerpt makes it clear regarding the intent to use multinational partners to round up and detain American citizens. And the more of them in the New World Order's eyes, the better, because they have no allegiance to our country. They hate our guts anyway, most likely. They've been trained maybe from early, early children to hate us. Now, I understand I have listeners in other countries, and it, it, it would probably be other countries in your countries that they would use against you, troops from other countries, that don't have any loyalty to your country. So it's not to say that you wouldn't be under the same um, problem, have the same problem to deal with. It's just America is, is one of those places that has such a, um, a high level of gun, gun ownership, and people that are pro-Second Amendment and pro-Constitution, pro-life, you know, these, that they've got a bigger problem to conquer here than most other countries, a much bigger problem. And that's why they're putting so much effort into this from a preparatory uh, manner. All the recent ammo purchases and, and military equipment purchases for use on domestic soil, you know, the following is a list of involved agencies involved in the soon-to-be roundup of American citizens who are not drinking from the globalist Kool-Aid bowl. <clears throat> External involvement in IR missions, meaning internment resettlement missions, is a fact of life for military police organizations. This is from this manual that we were quoting from. Okay, um, External involvement in IR missions is a fact of life for military police orders. So they're telling the military flat out. They're telling the army and these other organizations in the military 
you're going to have foreign troops working with you. It's a fact of life. That's what external involvement means. Some government and government-sponsored entities that may be involved in internment resettlement missions include, number one, international agencies. That's a really broad term that could mean a million things that all would encompass foreign troops. The UN, or the UN Foreign Peace, double-keeping troops. Yep, those guys with the light blue hats. The International Committee of the Red Cross. The International Organization of Migration. The local U.S. Embassy. Department of Homeland Security. U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement. The Federal Emergency Management. I mean, Department of Homeland Security and FEMA. The two, two of the most wicked factions of our current corrupt government. And then you got the UN and the international... I mean, you could have any... Obviously, you could see how they're, they're, they're flat out saying they are going to use foreign troops. There can be no doubt as, the, as to the meaning of the above quote from the manual. The government plans to enlist the aid of foreign troops in conjunction with the UN, the DHS, and FEMA for the purpose of rounding up and detaining American civilians. I have previously been told by my military sources that when families are transported to the internment resettlement camps, husbands will be segregated from wives and children from parents. So, yeah, that's, you know, I think I've said this in the past, but again, divide and conquer. And obviously, if you're separated from your family, you're going to be worried about your other family members, you're going to be more susceptible to do whatever they tell you to do in order to reform that family unit. Uh, It's all blackmail, extra- I mean, that's the thing, I mean, <laughs> you don't want to be on one of these, uh, in one of these camps. You don't want them to be transporting you away. I mean, it, it is most likely a 100% uh, absolute, torturous, agony, death sentence. You know, the way I see it, the way that they're crafting this, the way that, um, like I said, Satanists have been waiting a long, long time that have known about these plans and the, and the, the trains and these types of... I said the other day, you know, there, there's a place right near where we live where they've got this new building they built right next to the railroad tracks that all the barbed wire's facing in. And it's not even like a governmental facility. In the, in the, in the business next to that, all the barbed wire's facing in. And they could have literally thousands of people in the, in the back part of this particular... Uh, area where this building's in the front. And I mean, it's literally, you could easily, from the front door, throw a stone and hit the railroad tracks. It's that close. It's the, it's basically the building's facing the railroad tracks, there's a road that goes between, and then it's the railroad tracks. And that's just in my town, where we're at. They're doing this, and all of these places are, are, are being set up as prepositioning themselves as potential prison camps, quarantine areas, um, staging areas where they can take people where they can be literally loaded onto the railroad cars where they'll take them to the real prison camps. Internment, resettlement. Internment meaning detaining you. They're going to intern you like in a prison and they're going to resettle you. You know? So, something you want to, you know, 
obviously pray about. Uh, this is something they are 100% gearing up for. They're not hiding it. Obviously, it's not on mainstream media, but this is the, these types of manuals are being leaked out. People, insiders are coming out saying this. They've been, I've done so many reports on this from different and various sources. And out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, a thing is established. And at this point, it probably runs into the hundreds of, or thousands of people that have come out and confirmed these types of things. This goes on by saying, uh, as I've, well, okay, then it talks about the, them segregating the uh, husbands from the wives and the children from the parents. Evidently, the manual, uh, manual it's the DODD 3115.09 military manual says, quote, detainees may also be segregated by ethnic and family groups and further segregated to protect vulnerable individuals. Additionally, detainees may be categorized by behavior, cooperative, neutral, or combative, to accurately resource guards and facilities. Juveniles within the IR population are typically segregated from the general population. You know, they have your kid, your child, or your children... And then they come to you and say, hey, you know, we got your children, you got your children over here, and we got your wife over here, you know, are you going to play ball with us? Because we don't know what's going to happen to them if you don't. You know, even if that's even an option at that point, they may just want to kill you, I don't know. Or they may just want to get you to renounce Jesus Christ. Or whatever. Don't do it. I don't care what, what, they ever don't ever take the mark of the beast. Never renounce Christ ever. They that endure to the end, the same shall be saved. Is what the Bible says. I'm not talking about works based salvation, but do we ever get to a point in our Christian life where we deny Jesus Christ and give up and walk away because it was just too hard? Did Jesus Christ do that? Did any of the apostles do that? Did the martyrs do that? No, they didn't. There's no biblical precedent for it. So. I know this is heavy-duty information, but I have to bring it to you as a watchman. And um, uh, we're going to get into some other verses, though, later, where we're going to refocus back in on what, you know, okay, the, the Word of God and biblical remedies to what we're talking about here today. I'm not just going to give you the doom and gloom and say, okay, go your merry way, have a nice day. I don't like, I don't like doing that. That's why I try to interject so much Bible into the studies which I think is a very important to have biblical balance when we're dealing with these things. Um, now, going further, most of us who are detained in these IR camps will be classified as enemy combatants. The enemy, the following reads like a MIAC report on steroids. Um, this is from that manual that we originally started out with. Enemy combatants, here's how they're defined. Okay, This is from section 1.15. An enemy combatant is, in general, a person engaged in hostilities against the United States or its coalition partners. Remember before? External sources they're going to use. Um, multinational partners. Now they're called coalition partners. The foreign troops. So let me read this again. An enemy combatant, according to this governmental army manual, internment resettlement, in general, is a person engaged in hostilities against the United States, which would be anybody that doesn't want to turn their gun in, or guns, 
anybody that doesn't want to go along with all of the, the draconian garbage. But see, the, the, the Romans 13, 501c3 corporate pastors in, 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 in league with Homeland Security and FEMA, who are most likely already on the clergy response teams, which we talked about this in recent things that they have, they're going to be telling everybody, do whatever the government tells you to do because of Romans 13. Just like Hitler's preachers did to their con- congregants during the Nazi takeover of Germany. Did the, they did the exact same thing. They misapplied and misinterpreted and twisted Romans 13 into saying, do whatever the government tells you to do. What if they tell you to go out and murder your mom and rape and pillage? Well, then do it because they're a force for good. See, that's the key. Are they a force for good? Which the Bible defines that in Romans 13. No, obviously not. They're telling you to do something evil or unbiblical. They're not being used in a biblical, godly way. Therefore, you don't obey them. It is better to obey God than man. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As Joshua said. So, that's the thing you gotta... The decision you have to make. There. And... Just key in Romans in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com and you can hear my study on that. And then key in 501c3 if you don't believe the 501c3 church has been taken over. And it'll give you all the teachings I've done on that. Or most of them. The thing is I've got now, I just tallied it up to, I've got over 800 teachings and a ton of you know PDFs to go along with that, so... When you search my search box, sometimes it gets just like overloaded and only gives you a certain amount of of teachings I've done for a given subject. But anyway, you'll get you'll get you'll get the idea if, if you do those types of keyword searches. Anyway, so let me go back to this. An enemy combatant is in general a person engaged in hostilities against the United States or its coalition partners during an armed conflict. Enemy combatants includes enemy prisoners of war and members of armed groups. Okay, so enemy prisoners of war, which would be anybody they capture, and members of armed groups. So anybody that doesn't want to give up their guns, well, you're a criminal, you're a member of an armed group, you're an enemy combatant now. And if you bring any hostility against the United States or its coalition partners you are termed as an enemy combatant. So, it, the, the, the Russian troops could break down your door, rape, kill, pillage your family. You just got to go along with it. You got to be a good little slave, is what they're saying. Is there anything righteous or good about that, of you letting them do that to your family? Is there? I don't see it. Biblical resistance to tyranny is biblical. Key in uh, resistance, or biblical resistance, in the keyword search box at continuefortruth.com. And I would lay out, we lay it out in the Bible. It's one thing to turn the other cheek. It's another thing to have um, Satan break down your door and try to kill, rape, steal, pillage your, your, uh, your family and, you know, do that. That's wickedness. By resisting evil, you're preventing wickedness from happening. If you lay down to evil, it will overrun you and annihilate you and your loved ones. And there's nothing biblical about that. You, you have to, again, rightly divide in the word of truth where the, the Bible talks about. 
So, let's go forward here. Enemy combatants are divided as follows. An enemy prisoner of war is a detained person who, while engaged in combat under orders of his or her government, was captured by the armed forces of the enemy. The member of an armed group... Now, these are all definitions per this internment resettlement manual. The member of an armed group is a person, which this would apply to any Second Amendment people who don't want to turn in their guns. The member of an armed group is a person who engages in or supports acts against the United States or its multinational partners, foreign troops, in violation of the laws and customs of war during a named conflict that do not meet the criteria of prisoner of war as defined within the Geneva Convention relative to the pre-treatment of prisoners of war. Now that was the most important thing I've just read out of everything I just said today. The last sentence is frightening. I'm going to try to clarify this. It says that anyone who supports the acts against the United States or its foreign mercenaries, these foreign troops, is not entitled to humane treatment under the Geneva Convention. An offense against the U.S. government could include the failure to turn in your guns or anyone who does not submit to this tyranny. Because they'll make that a law to not submit. They're going to make it a law to submit to the tyranny. So you don't submit to it. Okay, well then you're an enemy, you're an enemy combatant. And you don't even meet the criteria of a prisoner of war as defined by the Geneva Convention relative to the treatment of the prisoners of war. That means they can do to you whatever they want. There's no law for you. There's no nothing. You don't have to be treated humane, and you won't. They want to make sure they punish you to the maximum. I, I mean, this really is one of the most evil, malevolent, draconian things I have ever read in my life or all the time I've been up on air here. This also opens the door to torture and summary execution as you will not likely have any rights. What about raping of your, of your loved ones? Like if you had daughters or, or your wife? You don't meet the criteria prisoner of war as, de- as defined by the Geneva Convention. If you go against the United States or its multinational partners during a named conflict, any armed group that does this, they've forfeited all their rights. Wow. That's about as open-ended evil as I could possibly imagine. Anything goes then for them. They can do whatever they want to, to you. For those of you who think this is an exaggeration, ask yourself, what does, quote, the, in, in their own manual, when it says, do not meet the criteria defined within the Geneva Convention relative to the treatment of prisoners of war, actually mean then? What does that mean? They're very specific here to define that. This is how much they hate anybody who will be armed. And they're going to make sure 
most likely that at some point this information comes out when the false flag happens, when martial law hits, and they're going to make sure they broadcast this out in some way, I believe, to let people know that just so you know, if you come against us, we can do anything to you we want. You have no protection under the Geneva Convention. So you better just submit. That's the clear signal that they're sending by letting this document get leaked. Well, you think, is there anything Satan wouldn't do along the lines of evil? Along the lines of he wanted to implement his satanic agenda in the end times, which would line up with what's going to happen in the you know, the book of Daniel, the book of Revelation, other books of the Bible predict these things? Do you think there's any strong-arm tactic Satan wouldn't employ, because he's the one behind all of this, in order to get this through? This should be something we expect, in other words. We already know that the present administration holds the U.S. Constitution in complete disdain and utter contempt. Do you remember the domestic terrorist designations which are contained in the MIAC report? There's a link to the MIAC report here and above when I mentioned it earlier. These would include libertarians, constitutionalists, a former Ron Paul supporter. It doesn't take a lot to get you on the list. A Bible-believing Christian, a Second Amendment supporter, a veteran. I would have to say pro-life, too, or anybody that would be against any wicked agenda, if you took a strong stance against the gays. If you belong to any of these groups, you are considered a domestic terrorist and an enemy combatant, a sovereign citizen, and we're going to talk more about that below, and a stateless person. That's what they consider you. You're a libertarian, constitutionalist, former Ron Paul supporter, Bible-believing Christian, Second Amendment supporter, veteran, and I'm sure the, the list goes on and on there. You are considered a domestic terrorist right now. An enemy combatant, a sovereign citizen, and a stateless person. I'm going to talk more about the sovereign citizen in a second. The following definition of an evacuee should concern all Americans. The definition of the term indicates the right of the military to remove a citizen from their home. Evacuee is a, is a civilian removed from a place of residence by military direction for reasons of personal security or the requirements of a military situation. We've got to upend you out of your home, even though that's where you have, you know, your, your food and your water and everything you need to survive. We need to do this for your personal security because of this current military situation. Do you remember when the globalists began to use the term sovereign citizen? This term applied to a, by the DHS to Americans who claimed that they followed the Constitution, but not the legitimate governmental authority, the quote legitimate, even though it's illegitimate. So in other words, you want to follow the Constitution. No, 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 no. No, you're, you're not that at all. I mean, you can't do that. You need to follow the legitimate governmental authority which is unconstitutional. The first time, now this is Dave Hodges talking, that I saw this term utilized by the government was in the Stacey Lynn case in which this anti-agenda 
21 activist, which is the globalist agenda, Agenda 21. She was anti-Agenda 21. She had her son stolen from her by a New World Order judge, Julie Kuntz-Field. It's K-U-N-C-E. Okay? That's her middle name, I guess. Without so much as an allegation of parental wrongdoing. So they're like, oh, you're against Agenda 21? We're going to take away your son. This former World Bank and IMF consultant turned judge, also on her way to the Lake of Fire, I'm, I want to add that in there, referred to Stacy as a sovereign citizen. See, I have a lot, I have, this is near and dear to my heart too, because my parents had a four higher, very high level judge that was flown into our hometown just to rule against them when they, when their company was stolen from them. $2.5 million company was essentially stolen from them. And my dad fought, 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 fought as hard as he could. Wasn't quite doing it the right way, I guess you'd say. But he was fighting it in court. And they finally were like, listen, we are so tired of this guy. We want to just fly this judge in to, to rule against him. And that's what they did. And that was the end of the court case. It was the ultimate thing, I think, that caused my dad's you know, heart attack, demise, they end up losing their house, everything. And my dad ended up dying of a heart attack. Um, literally the day he found out that they were, that they had lost their final court case for the final time, and they were being evicted from their house of 20-some plus years that week as a result of all this. I was able to lead them to the Lord that last, not even 24 hours, after he, um, after this happened, Went into organ failure. If you want to hear more about that, just Kian passing, or my dad's passing. It got one on my mom and my dad, and how that was the integral key for them getting saved. So I'm, I don't, I'm not mad about that. I'm, I'm glad regarding they were able to get saved. Uh, but I, I, this is kind of near and dear because I know these these judges exist, and they're pure evil. They're nothing but black robed devils from the pit of hell that go around and rule in a evil, bought-off manner for whatever the higher bid, highest bidder is. Anyway, um, so, this former, this, this judge, this former World Bank and IMF consultant turned judge referred to Stacy as a sovereign citizen. As a result, Stacy was not allowed, because she was called a sovereign citizen, she was not allowed to call witnesses, or object to the illegal practices she was subjected to while in Fields' courtroom, this New World Order judge, on the basis of the constitutional violations of law, of any constitution. She wasn't, she wasn't allowed to defend herself, in other words, at all. This is because Field labeled Stacy as a non-citizen, a stateless person, who they refer to as a sovereign citizen, which is how they will designate everyone coming against them in the upcoming, you know, whatever they have planned with this martial law and this internment resettlement. The following defines a sovereign citizen as a stateless person. Uh, a stateless person is a civilian who has been denationalized or whose country of origin cannot be determined, who cannot establish a right to the nation nationality claim. If one is a stateless person, they are by default 
a enemy combatant, and they can do whatever to you they want because of all of this garbage legalese that I just went over. Dave Hodges says, I've been assisting Stacy Lynn for 26 months. She has not been able to see her son in almost a year and a half. I always wonder what kind of chicken outfit could steal someone's child without cause. When I read the IR manual, which is what we've been quoting from today, my eyes were open and the chills went up and down my spine. What was done to Stacy was accomplished because she was an anti-Agenda 21 advocate. And through the complicity of this global judge, Stacy was declared to not be a citizen and as such not entitled to any constitutional protections because of a sovereign citizen is in fact a stateless person. When martial law comes to our land, we could be snatched from our homes because of our collective verbal and behavioral resistance to the tyranny that is sweeping our land. When we could be met by the likes of a self-appointed authority that globalist judges like Julie Field, who will use her unconstitutional powers to declare a wide swath of Americans to be stateless or sovereign citizens, and therefore enemy combatants, which have no rights whatsoever under the Geneva Convention. Particularly if you're with an armed group or if you don't want to give up your guns. (laughs) So in conclusion, he says, so to spell it out for you, all of us are potentially in the same boat as Stacey Lynn. The NDAA is designed for you and for me in the National Defense Authorization. By virtue of this fact, you have, by virtue of the fact that you have visited this website, let's say you had clicked on this article, or a website that linked you into this website, your every keystroke has been cataloged by the NSA, and you and your family are most likely have already been declared to be non-citizens and targeted for forced internment resettlement. Uh, in the eyes of this criminal administration, we are all enemy combatants, we are all sovereign citizens, um, and uh, other words, people that would go against this wicked tyranny. Not everybody's going to be. You know, obviously. Uh, we are stateless persons, people not protected by either the Constitution in the pre-arrest period or by the Geneva Convention in the post-arrest period. In the p- next part of the series, I will spell out, spell out what losing your Geneva Convention rights means to you and your family. Well, I mean, any, anything goes is what it means. Anything goes. They, they, you know, you disappear. You're never heard from. They do to you whatever they want. Do to you and, and your family. It's essentially what it means. You will never stand before judge and jury and have your freedom stripped from you. You will likely be taken from your home at 3 a.m., loaded onto a transport vehicle with your other designated sovereign citizens with only the clothes on your back and shipped to your final designated IR camp. That's their plans. In the next part of the series, I will expose more details on the upcoming mass incarcerations and what the dead banksters and fire generals have to do with all of this. Now, the one thing I, I don't like about his articles is if you read them, it's like, okay, where do I, you know, where's the nearest, um, you know, bottle of cyanide I can, you know, or nearest sword I can throw myself onto? You know, that there's no, there's virtually no hope whatsoever. And that, I don't like that. We need to get back always, okay, what does the Bible say? Okay, yes, we've heard about the unfruitful works of darkness and have no fellowship with them and to reprove them, which is what we're doing today, which means basically to manifest them, shed light on them. I mean, let's face it, if everybody's in the dark about this and it just happens, it'll just happen a lot quicker. (laughs) More people know, the more people that are waking up, 
the more it causes them to put their timeline, push their timeline back, and the more people that will ultimately, hopefully, get saved and get woke up and get their eyes opened, which is what they're trying to fight. So some Bible verses, John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you, Jesus said this, My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Through Jesus. Psalm 57, 1, Be merciful unto me, O God, be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge until these calamities be overpassed. So that's, there's another good one. And here's one that you hear me quote the back part, but the front part is, is equally as important. Uh, Luke 21, 34 through 36. And take heed to yourself, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and the cares of this life. A lot of that's partying, you know, surfeiting, drunkenness, the cares of this life. And so that that day come upon you unawares. For as a snare shall it come upon all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all the things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. What does that imply? That implies people are going to escape. A remnant will escape the things that shall come to pass. So, that's, that's encouraging. Um, Revelation 12.11 and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. So, these would be more in reference to, this is how we overcome, but also a lot in reference to the martyrs of Revelation as well. Revelation 2.7 He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give uh, to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Overcoming is, is an absolute, total... Uh, requirement for us as Christians. I mean, we need to overcome. The Bible says it over and over and over and over again. You know, um, Second Timothy one seven. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Uh, Ephesians six ten. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. This is what we're talking about today. It's really easy to get our, our eyes fixed on some truck, uh, some uh, fully armored whatever FEMA truck pulling up in the middle of the night at 3 a.m. And, you know, you got the uh, military guys filing out of there, stacking right on your front door or whatever. But just remember, God is greater than all of them. God created them. God created the world. He created the universe. He's bigger than all of that. You know? So we always want to be able to have the faith to believe that God can intervene in any. He can make you invisible to the enemy. This is why the Bible says in Psalm 64, Hear my voice, O God, in my prayer. Hide me from the secret counsel of the wicked and from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity who wet their tongue like a sword and bend their bows to shoot their arrows, even bitter words that they may shoot in secret at the perfect. Not to say we're perfect, but we're God's children. We're, we're, we're his children. So, um, the first thing you're asking for in Psalm 64 is for God to hide you. And your family, I mean, obviously that would be your prayer, from the secret counsel of the wicked. Isn't that what we're talking about today? That's why I did a whole teaching on it. That really was one of the main things that 
I really believe praying that prayer on a consistent basis and also the prayers from my listeners, I mean, it, it's, it's afforded me protection on a level I've never had. When I wasn't doing it beforehand, I had a lot more problems with, with just stuff that I was dealing with in my life, just from wickedness, trying to, you know, get at me and, and get me off track and, and whatever. It totally changed my life. I'm not just saying that, you know, I have nothing to gain by telling you that. So if you haven't listened to that teaching or if you haven't listened to it in a while, you might want to revisit that. Particularly in light of this situation, just key in Psalm in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. You'll find it. Psalm 64. A uh, Christian's door of hope. Uh, and that, it's, it's, it's amazing information. You will. I only heard one preacher ever preach on it. And that was confirmation of what God had shown me when I was going through one of the darkest times of my life. And he preached on that. It was total confirmation. Of that, And then I met another, uh, probably one of the greatest men of God I'd ever met at like the end of that year. And he said, he, he told me all these things he'd went through and this and that. And um, where the government had come against his family and infiltrated his church and, and split his family apart. And he was like in exile. And he says, but in the end, God brought me to this psalm. And he started reading Psalm 64. And I started quoting it with him because I'd already memorized it. I couldn't believe it. It was one of the coolest things that's ever happened in my life. Taylor was there. She saw it. I mean, there was other people there too. But it, it was unbelievable that God had brought him to the exact same psalm I had been brought to. Amazing. So, avail yourself to that information because, see, that's that's more important than what I'm getting into today. <laughs> it is. If I just give you this information and say, see you later, have a, have a nice week, I really haven't done anything but discourage you. And it's not going to build your faith up, this information. Now, the Bible verses, I'm hoping will, and the other teachings I've done, but... um you know, this is just kind of what we're facing here, and, and, and I want my listeners to be informed so that they're not caught unawares, as the Bible talks about, that we're not ignorant of Satan's devices, lest he get an advantage of us. So, I'm going to go ahead and stop there, and um, we're going to go into the next part. We're going to talk a lot more about the, these all these dead bankers um, that I wanted to give some different perspectives on the dead bankers and what this means, what it's leading up to, and how this ties into what we're talking about right now, because it is part of it. All of this stuff is interrelated and interconnected. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and end part two, and we'll go to part three. God bless you.